0: Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Good morning, all. Good morning. Thank you for, tho- for those of you who are praying last night for the, um, can we knock off the projector, please, guys? Those of you who are praying for the Brazilians, um, we-, we had a fantastic night. Many, many people here, about 35 lost people, or more than, more than 35 lost. You know, as I was, can we knock off the projector, please? Um. You know, as I was sitting here, I I see visions. And as I was sitting there, I felt God showed me London and the people who were saved. And it was so few. So few. Lots of people go to church. Lots of people go to Pentecostal churches and and clap. But they're not saved. It's just religion, you know. Catholic religion. Buddhist religion, Pentecostal religion, but I just thought, God, is that how few people? And last night with, the, with the, Sergio did a great job, but like in that room, look at that community and look at the number of people. Sergio turned to me and he said, 70%, I think he said, 70% of the people in this room know nothing about Jesus Christ. God, God help us. They know nothing about Jesus. May God use us to reach this city. Amen. Amen. And Nepal and Sri Lanka and Ghana and wherever you're from. Amen. May God use us. And um, I, I commend you, Shabani, for your spirit. For got a great spirit. Yes. Great attitude. Shabani very politely said to me a thousand times. Cambodia, 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 <laughs> Cambodia, 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 you know, and, and eventually, 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 you break through, because that was something God given, I believe, spirit given, and it will break through. What is God given you, huh? Music. What is He given you? Your testimony, your life story. Ask God to take it and to use it, in Jesus' name. I was over in Camden Market yesterday, I couldn't even move through the crowds, crowds of people. So many people in, in Camden, and here we are in the, in the thick of it. I mean, it's deep darkness, isn't it? Camden Market for me is, is, man, it's the pits. It's really, really dark, dark, dark things. Isn't there a stall there of Satan, promoting Satan? Um, so... God's put us right here in the middle of it. So on Monday, Mary said to me, what are you going to say on Sunday? So I said, I'm going to continue. Last week we talked about our eyes, sanctifying what I look at. And this week I want to continue looking at my senses. Not just sight, but my hearing, what I listen to, what I touch, that I shouldn't touch. I want to talk about my senses, Sanctifying them, and she immediately said, You can't. I said, I'm going to talk about the senses and we're going to restore the sense. She said, You can't, sorry, but you can't. And she said, You can't because unless Timothy repents, he can't get restoration. Unless Michael repents, there is no restoration. Just a simple little comment, but I went out. And I started to walk and I started to think, without repentance, the Bible says, there is no forgiveness of sin. And it just just settled down in my spirit how presumptuous I am to think I I can move forward in my present state. Having said the things I've said this week, having looked at the things I've looked at this week, having listened to the things I've listened to, having touched the things I've touched. Am I okay to just presume that I come forward with clean hands and a pure heart? Better be careful this morning. We're going to have communion. Better be careful, huh? Agreed? Better be careful with the way I proceed. So yes, I want to bring us this morning, all of us to a place of, of restoration of our senses, to a place where we're hearing from God, seeing uh, in the spirit with God, etc., etc. But I, I ask you to begin to prepare yourself for communion now. Yeah. Amen. We'll have communion at the end. But as we go through these different senses, you deal with yourself and I'll deal with myself. I've got plenty to deal with just with me, thanks. So you deal with you. Why is it that the Christian life is so often we get so far and, and somehow never get beyond that point, huh? get to a certain place in our walk with God and maybe sometimes you backslide from it, but you go back to the same place and then you go, you know, maybe back a little bit and you you go forward to the same place. But what about going forward? What about someone looking at you and meeting you and saying, I can't believe that that is you. A real leap forward, 30, 60, 100. What stops that happening Peter Finch, who some of you know, is one of the most, I know him better than most people on this planet, because I was his assistant for a long time. And Peter Finch used to use this example, a very good example about advancing the Christian life. He said, most Christians can make a lot of noise. They can shout and pray, and they can do all sorts of stuff, but their lives are still very weak, and they don't continue to further levels of sanctification. And he described it like a castle. A castle has a drawbridge. You know the drawbridge? It's a, it's a small thing, little drawbridge. And he said, Christians' lives are like a castle with the drawbridge down. Little part is open. But in all the turrets, there's all the soldiers shooting the devil and banging. But all the time, there's this one little entry point. And you can scream from the rooftops. You can fire your arrows all day long. But any time, any day, the devil wants to pick you off. He just goes straight through the same old door. Does that make sense? Amen. What is your drawbridge? What issue is that? And pull, pull that thing up in Jesus' name. And stop leaking. That's the great, great, sad thing for me. Would you hold yeah. this for me? Thanks. Yeah, I guess you could. Thank you. Just hold it there. God help me if I pour water all over my sermon here. Yeah, that's not going to be very good, is it? <laughs> Look at this. Who wants the Holy Spirit? Who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You want your life filled? You want your life filled? You want to be filled to overflowing? You ready for that today? Here we go. I need to go to the toilet, excuse me. Just joking. (laughs) Shall I try again? You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Hmm. That's not much good, is it? My eyes, my ears, what I listen to, what I see, what I touch, needs to be cleansed. I need to close up these senses so that God Almighty... Just think of your life being filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord... Let me not mess this up. Jesus. 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 Thank you. I pray this morning for exactly exactly that for you and for me. That as we look at our body and we look at these senses that God has given you and given me. That I take them seriously and he helps me contain the spirit and not just, not just leak all day long. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 at the top of your notes. Concerning him we have much to say and it is hard to explain since you have become dull off one of the senses. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he is an infant. But solid food, look at this, is for the mature who by, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Good from evil. And I pray today, Father, would you help us pray for yourself sanctify my senses there's plenty of blind people in this world father I thank you that we can see in the natural we can hear in the natural but we pray your sanctification upon our five senses in Jesus name amen Amen. number one and probably the most powerful is sight I mean, it is an amazing, truly, truly an amazing thing to be able to see and to perceive. But it's also incredibly uh, dangerous. You can be walking down Oxford Street and you have no needs in your heart. You've got no desires. And suddenly you see a handbag. I'm talking to the ladies, of course. You see a handbag and suddenly you say, I didn't realize how much I needed it. Just because you see things, those things get a grip on us. That's what advertising's all about. In fact, we are bombarded. Your eyes are bombarded 24-7 through the eye gate, as we looked at last week. The number one problem with your eyes is sexuality. It's the number one issue. And that goes for the human race, I'm afraid. When Adam and Eve fell, remember? What was the first thing they said? We're naked. So the first issue that arises through the eye gate is sexual temptations. And heavens above, this world is full of that. There's an all-out, unprecedented war for your eyes, for your gaze. And I, I, I advise you, I strongly advise you, fight back in that war. Amen? Sanctify that vision. Sanctify those eyes. Pray for your eyes. Job is a wonderful example in the Bible. In Job 31, he, they, they were accusing him of everything. You're wrong about this, and this is why that, and that's why this. And Job turns around one day and he says, Don't you know that I made a covenant with my eyes? I made a covenant before God with my eyes that I would never look with lust at a woman. Don't you know that? And the same Job, praise God for Job, just a few chapters later, he says this. I've written it in your notes there because it's such a lovely. Job chapter 42 verse 5. I have heard of you, so his hearing was good. Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes have seen you. Good senses. Good senses in Job. He took it very seriously. My Lord, the worship in this church has taken off like a rocket, hasn't it? (laughs) Hallelujah. It's just fantastic. But pray for your eyes. One of the most sanctified ladies I've ever had the pleasure to work with was one of our leaders in Glasgow, Linda Murray. Sadly, she died not long ago. But Linda is a great-spirited woman, clean spirit. And when she would come to worship, all these pornographic images would, would come up. before, And she used to have to fight and fight. And she would come to me to, 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 to pray for her. I would just say to her, look, this is just the devil. It's just the devil. That's all it is. And it's a sign that you're on the right road. You're being called in to worship. And I tell you something else, it won't last. You will defeat it. You will defeat it. Just keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. The devil doesn't want you to worship. And I say that because as a church, we we continue down this road. Don't be alarmed at at happenings and attacks because they will come. They will come. They will most certainly come. So the first thing I would say about my sight, sanctify it and begin where the Bible begins with Adam and Eve, with sexuality. Don't be hyper-spiritual and think you can bypass that one. I'm fine. I don't think anybody's fine. We all need to be wise on that and follow the biblical precedent. The second thing is just things, not to be taken up with things. Jesus, God help us. This church is very good. You have no problem with prosperity things here. But look at Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry saying, what will we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles strive after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first the kingdom. And everything else will be added to you anyway. Don't become a slave to things. Don't get yourself in debt for things, which are so temporary. Amen? Amen. Because it begins with the eyes, my friend, and it begins when you see something. And thirdly, I would say about the eyes, be be very careful. Please look at me one moment. This is a really important point. People come to me sometimes and they say, "I, I think I've lost my salvation. Or they'll ask you that when you're out in the street. You meet someone say, Pastor, how do I know if I've lost my salvation? And one of the things you can say is a person who's lost all that, normally there's very little desire. Because repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift. No human being has it within themselves. God gave you the gift of repentance. And you used it. Repentance is a gift. Thank God for that. (laughs) Hallelujah. So what I'm saying is, if you feel repentance in you, don't be stubborn. Use it. If God is giving you this morning the gift of repentance over something in your life, don't ignore that. Use it. Amen? Amen? Do you understand that point? I I, I was called to a man. I was told the guy's going to die within 24 hours. And he did die within 24 hours. A friend of mine, it was his father. And he said, would you come to the house and talk to my father? He doesn't know Jesus. So I went to the house and the guy was in the bed. And the son, who's my friend, stood stood behind me. And I'm trying to lead this guy to Christ. And I was explaining to him, you know, sir, you're not going to be in this realm within a day. You're going to die in the next, you know, 24 hours. And I want you to listen to what I have to say. And that man mocked me, ridiculed me, made fun of me, dismissed me, ignored me. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And he was weak. So in the end, I I left with the son. And the son was a friend of mine walking down the pathway out of the house. And I turned to John and I said, John, I'm so sorry. So sorry that I couldn't quite get your dad just to come to Christ. And John just said, Pastor, shh. And he said this. The scripture, Pastor Mike, that was coming to me when you were praying for my father, the scripture that was coming to me is this. Seek the Lord whilst he may be found. Because you see, my father, many times I had him in church. Many times he was in the presence many times. He had a moment, but he didn't take that moment. He became over familiar with it. Let it pass by tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And I don't know to this day, I don't know what was happening at that bedside, but I know this, that man, I couldn't see the gift of repentance there, but his son was telling me it had been there. The gift had been there many, many times, but He just didn't want it. And then, in his dying times, he'd come into a thing called judgment. Remember Israel. God put his mighty grace on Israel. Same as you. Your friends know you're born again. The grace of God has touched you in a way it hasn't touched them, right? Your family. That's grace. Now, if you start to abuse that, and you start to sin willfully you move into a different category called faithfulness. You should never be here. God should never need to be faithful. It shouldn't have to happen. It's like when a husband is going to divorce his wife or falls out with his wife and he's sitting there and his mind is gone. And the wife says, "You going well, I'm here, aren't I? I'm in the room, aren't I? I'm present, aren't I? I'm, you see, something's broken. Something's gone. The person's already left. And when you leave, the Bible refers to this as falling from grace. You move away from grace. You fall into another category of the great faithfulness of God. But if you keep going, you will end up in judgment. This is the story of Israel. You will end up in judgment. That's what's going to happen. And then you're going to be so beaten down like Israel was. They were dispossessed multiple times. And then they came, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, please take it back. And multiple times God gave. I'm making a point. Israel went around and around this, remember? But guess what happened? One day, they stopped here. One day, Israel found themselves stuck, they were cut off. You see? And the trouble with people is, people become so familiar with the holy, holy God of going round the roundabout of the Christian life that they forget. You never know what tomorrow brings. So you need to have a holy, healthy fear for your God. Amen. Amen. I repeat, if you feel the need and the gift to repent today, then repent today. Repent today, change today, because you simply don't know what tomorrow brings. Seeing is physical, but it's also spiritual. I, uh, you know me, I didn't ask for that. It's part of what I do from the moment I was born again almost. I see, I just see in the spirit. It's called a seer in the Bible, S-E-E-R. It's someone who has that, and I most definitely have that. Um, It is good. It's fine, but I feel sorry for people who maybe see something and then cannot discern what it means. And you get that on a pretty regular basis. People will come and say, you know, I saw this, I saw that. What does it mean? So my first piece of advice to you about your eyes is, number one, sanctify them. But number two, pray for spiritual discernment, as well as visions, to understand the visions. You know Gustav in Liverpool, right? Pastor Gustav, they, they were here. He came to ask me a question recently. Um. A friend, he was being appointed to a new ministry. So a friend came and the friend said to him, I'm going to appoint you to this ministry. And the friend said, I've seen what I, what I have to do and I'm going to do it. I've seen myself take my left hand, which is my left hand? Take my left hand and lay hands on you with my left hand. And the man came, put his left hand on off. He went, you see. So Gustav accepted the ministry, and then he, but he was confused. So we went out for coffee here, and he said, can you shed any light on this? (laughs) Why did the pastor come specifically with his left hand? And why would God ever say, go and lay your left hand on him, you see? So it's one thing having a vision. It's another thing having the understanding of that. That's my point. So what I said to him, what I said to Gustav was, the Bible speaks about the right hand of fellowship. In Galatians, what it means is the apostles who were receiving other apostles believed that they'd come from God. And they gave them the right hand of fellowship. We believe this is a God thing. But when someone's laying a hand with their left hand, it simply means it's a work of the church. It's a human thing. It's okay. It's okay. Not everything you do do you have to have a word from the Lord, right? You don't have to. You can work in ushering. You don't have to have a prophetic word for that. Amen. You can just help, and many people do. So my explanation to him was, some of the things that you receive in your life will be the right hand. It will be God's will. But there will be other things that the church just needs you to help out. This is one of those. Relax. Amen? So it's one thing having visions. It's another thing having the discernment of those visions. And I would say this to you also. Most often when God is asking you to do something, it might be counterintuitive it might defy all logic it might be the opposite of what you think you should do so you want everything says go left and god says go right god says go right how many examples are there of this in scripture countless examples of this so don't be afraid of that which is counterintuitive it seems to go against everything that i would naturally say or do that's just the way it is i think god loves to confound earthly wisdom. So number one, my sight, and later we'll have communion and pray for our sight. Secondly, your hearing. Who do you listen to? What do you listen to? And what effect does that have? I, I get up very early. I get up at half past five in the morning, nearly every day. I go out of the house. I leave her there. And sometimes I'm gone two, three hours. I don't come back for hours. And in that time, I'll go to a coffee shop. I'll sit on my own. I'll be silent. I don't work at that time. I just simply sit and I will train my ear. What did we just read? Those but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern, I would say, God's voice. Amen? Amen. So I, it's become my lifestyle. It's become my habit. I don't feel right unless I have that time. And the time is over when it's over. It's over when it's over. It could be one hour. It could be four hours. It doesn't matter. Do you know what the Bible says? My sheep here. Uh-uh. Slow down. <laughs> Let's just take the first one. My sheep here. And I, I, I want to ask you, because it really, really bothers me. Do you hear? My sheep hear. Then, my sheep hear my voice. There are many voices. The devil's voice, your voice, friends, other people's voices, and God's voice. And you're going to have to be mega careful about the voices in your ear. Amen? Be very careful, especially in a day like today, with Facebook, Messenger, etc., etc. Who do you speak to? You know, I I could give you a few examples on this, where people are—you're not not careful enough with who we listen to. Eyes forward. See my ears. Very important, because if I am going to incline this ear to God, it better be sanctified. Because if it's not sanctified, who's going to be talking? I don't even know if I can discern it. So my advice to you is be very careful of that which you hear and listen to. Just like you do with your eyes. Sanctify your hearing. And today, ask God to forgive you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me say this about your hearing. Pray for maturing. It says the mature have learned to discern good from evil, from God's voice, from the devil's voice, because they practice listening. They practice listening. And I would say to you, pray for the maturity of your hearing. All her life, Jeanette was never able quite to get her hearing right. You know that? All her life, she would come to me with words, but the words were not finished or they weren't right. She never, never really matured her hearing, but it was good. So pray for God to mature your hearing. Secondly, I want to warn you that you may need to meditate. So just because you get a word doesn't automatically mean that you're going to understand that word. Uh, forgive me if you've heard this example before, but it's the best example I have from recent times. Uh, after Jeanette died, I was sitting at home one day, just a normal day. And from, with no solicitation, I get a word from the Lord. And God says to me about her, you loved her. Okay? So, here's a question. How would you take that word? <laughs> just think about it. How would you respond to that word? What would you do? For me, that makes no sense. The reason it makes no sense is I already know that. So this doesn't make any sense to me. So this is, I'll just tell you what I did. You can laugh at me if you want. (laughs) I was busy that day. And you're going to go before God and ask him a question. So I left it till the following day when I had free time. I had a shower. I got dressed properly. And I went to a park on my own and I sat on a bench. And I said, God, yesterday you said to me, you loved her. I don't understand that. What does that mean? And quick as a flash, the answer came back. And God spoke to me and said, men say they love pizza, men say they love worship, but I know they don't. Men say they love this, men say they love that, but I know they don't. I say, you loved her. Bang. Wow. Amen? Is that powerful or what? Absolutely powerful. Yet, such a simple line. Such a simple line that I could move on without meditation. Move on presuming that I know what it means. And yet what it meant is fantastic. So don't be afraid to meditate. Thirdly, the voice of God depends where you are. But in some ways it doesn't depend where you are. The voice of God may be so quiet that you can hardly hear it. So don't be thinking of a booming voice or a thing in the sky, I warn you that if you ignore the quiet little voice of God, you're going to regret it, just because he didn't shout. You're going to regret it. Just before Rick Seward died, he came into the RMD meeting, and he was really upset, and he's like, oh, stressed out, okay, okay, and he turned to the guys, and he said, whew don't ever dismiss a quiet, still word. And what had happened was he was packing in a hotel, he was going to go to another city, and he felt the Holy Spirit just say, don't, you know, so quiet, I could have missed it. Don't do that, don't, don't. But he just, it was so quiet he ignored it. And he went and his the days were disaster, like two, three days of disaster. And he sat down in the room eventually and he said, I tell you what, guys, Just because the voice is silent. You can pay a a very high price if you ignore that little voice. Amen? Amen. Been there? (laughs) I hope you have been there. And God help us to pick up what can be a still small voice and not to demand something spectacular like Elijah once did. The fourth thing I would say on hearing is scripture says, man shall not live on bread alone. And you will not live just on YouTube or in coming here on Sunday. But you yourself need a personal encounter with God. And I, I really suggest that you do that. Nothing's going to change you more. That's where your confidence comes from. You need to hear personally. My sheep, they hear. They absolutely hear. And it's, it's transformed. Formative to hear. A personal word. So I'm not talking about now, today, this morning. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you alone hearing from God. Amen? You alone hearing from God. There's no substitute for that. Father, today, sanctify my sight. Sanctify my hearing. And thirdly, sanctify my taste. Once again, Job, he said, Can my tongue not... Detect good and evil? Have I not trained my tongue, his taste, to be able to detect what was right and what was wrong? I love this scripture. I absolutely love it. Some of you, I pray that you will get motivated today to take a step to do something maybe you've never done. Pastor in Glasgow, Pastor Johann. today he's got a great, good sized church. But years ago, he was independent. He had about 30, 40 people, and he came to me and he said, I want you to provide apostolic oversight for me. I said, no problem, okay, we got to know each other. And I said, this is my first command to you. (laughs) I want you to close your Sunday service in three months' time, and I want you to join me for this celebration, okay? So he replied to me, I can't do it, I'm afraid, on that, because we have to have our Sunday service. So my reply, I'm the apostolic oversight. (laughs) Is that right? Have I got this right? Yes, close your Sunday service and we'll be in the meeting. So for a few weeks, I was receiving these text messages. The elders said, we can't do it. Close your meeting and come to the meeting, okay? Just do what I'm telling you to do. He squirmed and writhed and argued and debated. He couldn't do it. Close your meeting on the Sunday and come to the meeting. And in the end, just before the meeting, he says... We're all going to come to the meeting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And this is what happened. They all came to the meeting. I remember it. They all came together. They walk into this. It was a magnificent experience that day. And at the end of the meeting, he took his people outside, 30, 40 people. And he spoke to them from the steps. And he walked back in. He came up to me and he said, this is our church. That was about 10 years ago. Today, he's about 150 plus people. And he's just bought our building in Glasgow. He has never left the church from that day. Never left. Do you know what the problem was? Some things you have to taste. You get it? Some things you have to taste it. And I knew that. I said, Johan, you and I can be talking forever. And we're still going to get nowhere. We're gonna be having this debate in ten years' time. So you are gonna do what you're told, you're gonna to shut the meeting, and you're gonna come and you're gonna have an experience that's gonna change your life. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hello. Not everything's gonna go through this brain, it's gonna go through your spirit. It's something you have to feel and get a grip off. Who's eaten durian? One, Timothy. That's why you're sitting on your own. <laughs> Who's eaten durian? Angela, you must have eaten durian. Where's Vile? Ray, Ray, Ray's got his hand up there. Durian smells like urine. Yeah. Durian is a very famous fruit in Singapore, and you're not allowed to sell it in certain places. They put restrictions. You're not allowed to take it on the train. It's a little sign saying no durian, because it smells like the gent's toilet. <laughs> it, 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 it's not a good smell. For me, I I didn't mind it. I I quite enjoy durian, believe it or not. For me, it doesn't smell like that, but some people just can't stand it. Now, do you know what? I could try to tell you, Edgar, you've never had durian. Oh, he's even put his hand up. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, you've never had durian. No. Yes, you have. (laughs) Okay. I can start to say, well, it smells like a Toilet, and I mean, I can, you, you, I can talk to you forever. You're still not going to know what durian's like. So, when are you going to stop living up here and start living in here? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Do something different, experience something new. We love heron turquoise restaurant, good restaurant. Every time I go, I have char kwe chow. Well, how sad am I? I have the same thing every time, and I look at the menu, and there's all sorts of that. Oh, that must be nice. That must be nice. And then the waiter comes, and I take chow, just like the last hundred times. How am I? How am I ever going to grow it forward? How am I ever going to know what the kingdom contains if I'm stuck in a cycle of not tasting something different? You know, Pastor Johan in Glasgow. Forgive me for saying this, but I want you to get the point. When I walk in the room, there's probably no one that treats me with more respect on this planet than that man. When I walk in, he says, oh God, oh God, Pastor Mike. But you know what he's thinking? You made me! You made me! I didn't want to go! You pushed me! Thank you! Thank you! Hallelujah! And you all need someone to push you, to try something new. Are you stuck? Are you stuck? You're stuck in a rut. It's the same old, same old. Well, this afternoon, go and eat some durian. (laughs) Hallelujah. Go and do something different, something new. Taste and say that the Lord is good. May God shut down my intellect when it starts to get in my way. Yes, eyes forward. Money is a great thing. It says that in Proverbs. Money can help you with many things, but it didn't help the rich young ruler, did it? To the rich young ruler, what was money? A hindrance. Education is a great thing. Amen. But there are many that it's not a great thing; it's a hindrance because everything goes through your brain, and you never taste something new because you rationalize it and you dismiss it. Do I mean do it intentionally? Do something different this week. Ask God to show you something new, and then be bold enough, cheeky enough, faith-filled enough to step out of the boat and do something different. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. The fourth sense, my fourth sense is touch. And this is very important. (coughs) I was in Singapore a few weeks ago. There was a line of people from the Philippines, maids, housemaids. (coughs) About 150 women in a row. And I was at this this end and we were praying for everyone in the thing. And at the other end was Shane Comiskey. So we were working our way down the, the, the line like you do a million times. I'll tell you this, guys. And this is just a little bit of inside information. <laughs> For me, it's, a, it's like 100% every time. never fails. As soon as I put my hand on someone's head, I can tell you what the person's like. Just bang. I can tell you whether it's a good spirit or a bad spirit instantaneously. It's just automatic, 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 automatic. Church after church, it doesn't matter. When you're in the zone... You feel the person, not see the person. You sense who that person is. You sense what issues they've got. You just pick it up. So Shane was going down from this side in. I was going from this side in. And everything was normal, you know? So I was just, bless this lady, bless this lady, bless this lady, bless this lady. And then I came to this lady. And it's like a switch just went on inside me. And it was like, just like a sniper shot. And I prayed for her, put, I touched her. That's what I did. I touched her. As soon as I touched her, boom! she went. There was two ushers behind her who caught her. And she, you know, like nails down a board. She let a screech out of her. That was cringeworthy. Hallelujah. Do you want me to pray for you? Hallelujah. But you see, in that, in that line... There was what you see, Jesus was pushing through a crowd one day. Look at this, it's on your notes there, under point four. And a woman having an issue of blood for 12 years when he had spent all her money on physicians and couldn't be healed, came and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her, her issue of blood was stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and them said to him, Master, there's a multitude of people, throngs of people pressing around you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, someone touched me because power has gone out of me. Hello. <laughs> so you can, if a person's not in faith or maybe something's not happening, but when something's happening, it's a powerful encounter. I believe it's probably that girl had deliverance from a demon. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> Christians have your body, soul, and spirit. And if you're a born-again Christian, your spirit is born again. But demons can still bother your soul. Your soul. Not your spirit. Spirit's God's. But in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when you find yourself, your emotions are being played with, careful, right? Be careful. It's the soul that the devil tries to attack And and, and touch is important for this. Now, if I can be a little bit controversial here. What's new? Look at this. This is my opinion. I don't think all these senses are the same. For sight, I think sight is more of a problem for men than women. Because men are visually stimulated. I think men and women both all need to pray for our sight. Amen? So, don't quote me with something I didn't say. Everybody needs to pray for your sight. Everybody. However, I do believe that sight is more of a problem for men than women. Why? Because men are visually stimulated. Hearing, I think it's more of a problem for women because women love communication. They love to talk, like yesterday. They love to talk. And when they've finished talking, they love to talk again. They love to talk. This makes women highly vulnerable to bad friends, bad conversations, because the devil is stimulating a part of your need for intimacy through gossip. Sorry, guys. Just say it like it is. Until you get that out of your system, is your hearing going to be good or bad? Your hearing will be bad. It's going to be affected. Sanctify your hearing and let God begin to speak to you. Don't be a gossip. Men are gossips as well. Amen? Yes. So everybody needs to do it. I'm just trying to be fair. <laughs> is that the fire exit? Shall I leave now? Look at this. Taste is both. So sight is men, more so, but both. Hearing is more so women. Taste is both and touch is female. That's why I mentioned it because touch is one of the five senses and touch is more of a problem for women than it is for men. Do you know a man's penis? What why did I get into this for? A man's penis has, yeah, you're all listening now. Look at all pens down, eyes forward. A man's penis has around approximately two and a half thousand nerve endings, which give pleasure. Two and a half thousand. A woman's vagina has five thousand. Where's the justice, Tim? Where's the justice, huh? Far, far more. Far, far more. And the woman's body, remember, physiologically, very different from a man's. So a man is only typically aroused by touching one part of his body, whereas a woman, it's, it's wired completely differently. So the woman is much more susceptible to touch. What are we talking about this morning? Our senses. <laughs> yeah, j- just to clarify. We're, we've all got them, and we all need to sanctify them. And lastly, smell. And this really moved me this week. It really made me think about smell, it's that which arises to God. If you come in this room and you smell bad OK, you're going to affect the room. If you come in the room and you smell good, that's a blessing. Right? I'm just it's true. There's good smells and bad smells. The Bible has a lot to say about those who are a pleasant fragrance. To God. A pleasant fragrance. Sarah is a good example of this. Sometimes Sarah walks in the back door here on Wednesday night and she's like on a a, a cloud thing. She's floating into the room. You don't have to ask, where have you been for the last two hours? She's been worshipping, worshipping, which is a fragrance, and she's surrounded with an aroma of the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. A sweet aroma. Wonderful. You, you, you will see it. You will always see it. It's evidenced. The lost can see it. Amen. This is the smell the Bible talks about. But if you're in the flesh, you give off a stench, a bad smell, a bad aura around you. Amen. So make sure that that smell. I was really, you know, seriously, I was, I was taken up with this this week. Listen to me on this. Let me just put it really succinctly. The odor that comes from me, the the fragrance that comes from me affects people. And it affects God. She's got got the giggles here. (laughs) It affects people and it affects God. Right? So if I... Shivani, if you want to laugh, just laugh. Just just don't look at me (laughs) like... She's going to explode. <laughs> if she doesn't <laughs> OK. The aroma aff- aff- affects people around me, and it affects God. Now my point is, I can give you n- no end of examples of this. Do you know the temple, the Old Testament temple, where the sacrifice the, the, the blood sacrifices were 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you've ever been to an abattoir, they stink. Because inside this body is some very noxious things, and when they cut open those bo- abattoirs, stink. So the temple would have been absolutely awful. It was full of pain. Animals were dying. It was full of a bad smell. And right in, like life, life is full of pain. Life is full of all sorts. Of, right in the middle of the temple, what did they have? Incense. It didn't take away the pain. It didn't stop the death. It didn't stop the suffering. But what it did is it enabled the priests to continue to minister. Hallelujah. Amen. And worship is that for you. Life is tough. For some of you, life is very, very tough. Worship. The problems may not be taken away. But if you continually worship, it gets you through In a better way. Amen? Amen. I hope I give off a fragrance, stop it, that is good and pleasing to God. And then I want to read this to you. Look at this. I want you to turn in your Bibles, please. I just found this this morning. Acts chapter 10. Look at this. Acts chapter 10 and verse 4. I'll read it from verse 1. Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea there was a man called Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those who were in need and he prayed to God regularly. That was his practice. One day at about three in the afternoon he had a vision. There's another sense. He distinctly saw. There's spiritual sight. He saw an angel who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. And the angel answered, look at this. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have risen up to God. Imagine that. That fragrance of this man's goodness, a practiced lifestyle of goodness, had been an aroma that unknown to him eventually made its way so that God's head turns and says, Who's that? Who is this? And then God honors him by giving him a job to do, a ministry. Calls him. Go and visit the apostle Peter and bring him a prophecy. On the contrary, you've got people like Absalom. Remember Absalom? God had Absalom hung in a tree. And before God did that, He said, This man's life has become a stench to me. So, which am I? Which are you? I pray that my life is such that it is a pleasing, honoring, God centered fragrance that you receive. I pray that my life reaches all the way to heaven, not for judgment but for blessing and for grace. We're going to have communion. Please, guys, thank you. Joe, Joe, could you just play for us? Just as the ushers go around there, just take a moment to look at those five senses. And with you, how is my sight? And may I sanctify my sight this morning. How is my hearing? Help me sanctify. Mary, so you can sit down. How is my hearing? And Lord, I pray that I will taste, I'll be willing to be bold and courageous and step out of the boat and taste new things in my life. New things. That I will touch no unclean thing. And I'll be conscious of what I touch. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Jesus But solid food is for the mature. Who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Lord, train our senses this morning. Train my eyes to only look on that which is good and holy and pure. Train my ears to discern when what I'm listening to is not pleasing. Train my taste. Jesus, make me sensitive. Protect my touch. Sanctify my touch. And use us to touch this world. And for us as a church, that we would be a sweet, sweet, sweet fragrance to God Almighty. So then, as I said at the beginning on Monday, I said to Mary, I'm going to have restoration. Restoration of our spiritual senses. Making me spiritually see, spiritually perceptive, spiritually safe and discerning. And she said, you've got to repent first. And that's what we've just done. Amen? Now... I want the restoration. I want you to receive spiritual eyes. To see through the eyes of your spirit. Oh God will open your ears. Sanctify your ears. To hear his voice. Protect your ears. And give you wisdom. For your taste that you'll become a discerning Christian. Highly discerning about what's good and evil. Like Job who said, my tongue can tell the difference between what's good and what's evil. And Lord, I thank you for the gift of touch, but we choose to sanctify our bodies. We choose to be holy, holy, holy temples for your spirit. I pray for restoration of these senses. And may our personal, individual lives be a pleasing, sweet, Aroma to God on high. As we serve you and follow you, I pray that individually and collectively. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.